0: Mr. De Mr. Wolf make it so make it so Mr Wolf Make it so Mr. Wolf make it so 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 Mr. data make it so 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 wishing for a thing does not make it so. it so. I don't know how many of you in the house today are um, sci-fi, trekky type of people. If you're not, I'm definitely putting myself out there this afternoon. Um, (laughs) But as you can see from the video clip, some fun humor and yet an illustration, if you will, about making it so. Making things so. Let me ask you a question. What saying or fundamental truths... Do you live by? Maybe you have a personal motto that you, you know, form your whole life around. What are some of those mottos? What are some of those fundamental truths that are essential to every day that you wake up? And based on those things, you make them so. In life, there's many of these worthy pursuits, isn't there? We fixate on things, we focus on one thing over the other, and perhaps, well, for sure, we would have differing points of view on some of those things. And yet, as believers, there's some true key fundamental truths that we live by. Today, we're gonna kind of look at that whole piece, that whole picture, but keep in the back of your mind, make it so. Make it So what I love about that clip there with Jean-Luc Picard, if you're unfamiliar with the show, Jean-Luc Picard is the captain of the USS Enterprise. And on that ship, everything that the captain says, for other words, goes. And, you know, people can have different opinions or viewpoints on things, but in that command structure, when the captain hears the, what's being suggested, he'll then say, well, make it so. And then they have to carry it through. They have to follow through on that order. So keep that in the back of your mind of this making it so. It's one thing to talk about things, it's a completely entirely different thing to actually do it. I was wrestling with a few different titles for this afternoon. One was just, let's do it. The other title was, make it so but making it very specific to the passage we're going to look at today, the title is, Honesty is the Best Policy. Honesty is the best policy, a worthy pursuit in life. A worthy pursuit in life. I'm going to invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 16 Proverbs chapter 16, as you know with the whole book of Proverbs, is full of fundamental principles and truths. A proposition is a fundamental truth that forms the bedrock of what we believe. By definition, it actually forms and directs our behavior and our chain of reasoning. And so in Proverbs chapter 16, I'm going to allow these words of King Solomon, arguably the wisest man next to Jesus, who walked the face of this earth. And we know he had divine protection from God and and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 16 says this, The reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The key there to remember is capital Lord, L-O-R-D, which means Yahweh, God. All the person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord waves are ways motives. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord Be assured he will not go unpunished. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His mouth should not give an unfair judgment. On his balances and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are His concern. Wicked behavior is detestable to kings, since a throne is established through righteousness. Catch this, verse 13. Righteous lips are a king's delight. He loves one who speaks honestly. A king's fury is a messenger of death, but a wise person appeases it. When a king's face lights up, there is life. His favor is like a cloud with spring rain. And ending in verse 16, get wisdom. How much better it is than gold. And get understanding, it is preferable to silver. There's a lot of nuggets, if you will, in this passage. There's a lot of fundamental truths and principles that we can model our life after. Perhaps like you, I I like to open Proverbs each day and try and read a passage per day. And then go to the New Testament and then follow it up with the Old to see how the Old has been fulfilled. But these fundamental truths, I'm telling you, they help get you off to the right start each day. Because in a world where it's all about dishonest gain, it's about getting rich quick. Here we're seeing how honesty is the best policy. I, like you, don't get it right all the time. (laughs) Sometimes we exaggerate. Sometimes we speak half-truths. We're all work in progress. And I wrote down a few points from reading through this passage, some, some things that we could focus on if we were to today. We could look at pride and judgment. We could look at peace with enemies. We can see that God knows motives. He determines our steps. That wisdom is better than gold. A throne of a king is established in righteousness. But honest practices and righteous lips are the highway of the upright. I want you to picture a highway today. Highways take us to all different types of places. Where do you want the Lord to take you today? Where is that road leading to? What, is those, what are those things he's speaking upon your heart? Areas in which he wants to show you and impress upon you. And even if you will, work a renovation. Work a renovation. Again, verse 17 says this, the highway of the right upright avoids evil. The one who guards his way protects his life. How many people here would say, I want to protect my way. I want to avoid evil. Amen. We're all in the same boat, so that's a good thing. Now, if you were to say, no, 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 man, I I prefer the the danger zone. (laughs) Oh, we should talk after, but we're all here believing that we want to be on the highway of the upright. So think about some of those pursuits today. Those things that you've been considering. I was looking at the list of attributes the other day because at our men's meeting, which is, i got to say, fantastic. Our once-a-month men's group has been awesome to be a part of. The conversations that we've had are just fantastic. And I'm not pulling a Donald Trump, I really mean it. It has been fantastic. In many respects, it has been huge. (laughs) This past week, I I came away from that group encouraged, encouraged, even, I, I can't put all of it into words, but deeply thankful for the group that is becoming. This camaraderie, this friendship, this brothers of arms, if you will. Brother, what I mean by arms is brothers in prayer and faith. But coming back to the attributes, what are some of those things, because we talked with this on Tuesday about identity, what are some of those attributes that are present in your life? If someone was to look at you, Dan, and say, Dan, you're such a cheerful person. But you are. Maybe someone says you're thoughtful or a good listener, helpful, perhaps maybe adaptable, courteous, thoughtful I don't think anyone here would want to have the attribute of you're deceitful or mean, impolite, careless, lazy, inflexible. The reason why I men- mentioned a few of those last ones is because I have a list at home in areas where I invite the Holy Spirit to work in my life so that I'm adaptable. I'm not careless. Definitely don't want to be lazy. And i got to tell you, in the last few years, the circumstances that he's worked through, like Proverbs 16 shows that God plans our, and orders our steps, he's worked through things that were definitely not easy to navigate. And I had to be adaptable. When I faced the life crisis of health, it was crazy. But I had to adapt and put my faith and trust in the Lord. When work became uncertain, I had to adapt. And not become bitter, but, but really ask the Lord to help me to be cheerful. And there's times where I failed. There's times where I got upset because seeing even people working in a place of office where it should bring such tremendous joy and honor in working, it kind of seemed like a bother, a nuisance. And that kind of put me in the wrong light in some respects in my own heart, saying like, how could they think this way? It's such a joy and an honor to be leading people, shepherding people. On another hand, each of us have skills, right? One thing I learned, Greg, I hope you don't mind me saying at our, our men's group, we a gentlemen that's a highly skilled, uh, proficient um, paramedic. Advanced, what's it called again? Advanced care. Advanced care, the guy's in advanced care. That's awesome, advanced care. And I didn't ask for your permission, I should have done this beforehand, sorry Greg. I just looked at you and, and saw that you have tremendous skills and in many respects, you touch lives and you save lives. I'm so thankful that it's something that he enjoys doing. Imagine if he got an ambulance one day and said, I'm just putting the time in, starts the engine and just burns rubber and just without any care for the people on the road or any care for the people he comes and ministers to really as he's bringing that tremendous care and aid. How do people see you when you look in the mirror what do you see as you look in that mirror for a few moments think of some of those identifying characteristics that are present but maybe some that you wish would just be unleashed in your life I want to encourage you this afternoon that it's possible it's not impossible for those characteristics to be unleashed and and be developed and become fruitful in your life. Sometimes we can think these traits, which can be very hard to unlearn, you might think, well, it's just part of me for the rest of my life. But I think we all have friends and family that once upon a time were one way, but today they're a completely different person. That's what happens especially when we have faith in Jesus Christ. I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again that there was a once upon a time where my own father didn't have joy in his life. I mean, he was a professional. People knew him as a wonderful teacher, and it was true. But there's a point in time where he didn't have joy in his life. This is before he met Jesus. Really? I mean, truly met Jesus, had a personal relationship. And once he entered that personal relationship, he experienced this kingdom living, the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit being to bubble up in his life. I never forgot that. And so in many respects, I owe a lot of my own life as I read the word, but also as I looked at my own father and saw the tremendous joy on his face. The joy as he, was re- as he would read the word and talk to other people about Jesus. Even when they were unkind in statements they would make towards him. Because he believed. And yet I, like him, desire to be even more caring and adaptive in those situations. So the big idea for today is this. Wishing for a thing doesn't make it so. We must first believe it's possible. Then follow that belief through With commitment. I'm gonna say it again. Wishing for a thing doesn't make it so. We must first believe it's possible, then follow through that belief with commitment. With commitment. So very quickly, just gonna go through a few takeaway points. Point number one is the origin of dishonesty. The origin of dishonesty, the Bible shows us, it begins with the heart. Dishonesty begins in the heart. It's the the spring in which the lying tongue takes residence. Jesus said this in Luke 6.45. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the outflow of the heart. Think about that for a minute. That storehouse... We all go to the grocery store and we buy items and we stock up our fridges and we consume those items. What are the things in life that we're taking, we're consuming, and we're partaking that's resting and being deposited into our spirit? Jesus tells us that the good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. And so in light of that passage, I'm thankful as we're told in Colossians that because of Jesus, think about this, how cool this is, that we, when we came to faith in Christ, it says that a spiritual surgery occurred. The Bible calls it a spiritual circumcision in which that callous nature, that sin nature was removed, and what it was replaced with was a spirit, a mind after God's own heart. And that day by day we're being renewed, we're being conformed and transformed into his image. And one of those things, a part of that image, is to pursue honesty, to be honest, to be sincere. The Bible says a lot of things about dishonesty, okay? It says this in Proverbs 6.16. I'm sure many of you know this passage of scripture. I have to say, time's getting away from me. Like, we had a fantastic time. I'm looking at the clock and I feel like there's a countdown. Okay, Proverbs 6.16 says this, the Lord Hates six things. It's a strong word, but it's true. The Lord hates six things. And if you're wondering if he's he's talking to a different Lord, here's the capital word, Lord, Yahweh. The Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, Feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. James 3, verse 6 to 8, it says, and the tongue is fire. I, I don't think we really need to turn to scripture to understand our tongues can be of fire sometimes. The tongue, it says, is a world of unrighteousness and is placed among our members. It's to constrain the whole body. It sets the course of life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. No one can tame the tongue. Now, thankfully, we're not ending today's message right there. That'd be a really bad spot to stop, okay? So dishonesty, lying tongue begins in the heart. But point number two is it not only has the power to build and tear down, but we need God's help to that effect. We need his help to be one of a tongue that builds up rather than tears down. And again, the enemy wants us to believe it's impossible. You can't do that. Angel, this has been part of your personality for so long. But I'm thankful that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can take down every argument and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ who says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. By the revelation of the Lord, he speaks to us and says, you're a new person, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So that means that old self, that old person, that one who maybe wasn't as adaptable or maybe as caring or whatever those traits may be, that there can be transformation, there can be renovation because God is building the house like he builds the church. The tongue has the power to build up and tear down. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's this mutual benefit when we bless each other by words of honesty. It can even help us be kept out of trouble. Proverbs 21 verse 23, the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. It makes sense. I mean, probably a lot of us here are married and we understand that, you know, when we're honest, it keeps us out of trouble. But when you're dishonest, like the one actor said, I don't know his name, he would say, there's going to be trouble, 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 trouble." when we're not honest. Now, my mom's in the back, I'm looking at her mom, I can think back to many times when I was a kid where I wasn't honest. And it brought trouble, 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 trouble. <laughs> at times, and you know, I'm even thankful I'm going to say it, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to say it, it even brought the spoon. The spoon came out. The Bible says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I believe that. Proverbs 13, verse 2 to 3 says, From the fruit of his mouth, a person will enjoy good things. Say that, those two words, good good things. We want to eat and partake of good things. It says, from the fruit of his mouth, a person will enjoy good things. But treacherous people have an appetite for violence. The one who guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens up his lips invites his own to ruin. Proverbs 12 13, by rebellious speech, an evil person is trapped, but a righteous person, get this, a righteous person escapes from trouble. How many of you know the the joy that comes when you escape trouble? (laughs) That peace. When you, when you do the right thing, maybe you misstepped, but you come around because by the blood of Christ we've been forgiven. But there's also this work of the Holy Spirit, this regeneration again that says you're a new man, you're a new woman. When we're honest, we're able to escape trouble. I gotta share with you a little personal story without getting the details because it's not my place to be specific to the details. But once upon a time, When it came to being honest, there is a point where you need to be tactful like Jesus and sharing what needs to be said in the right way. Like the woman at the well, Jesus didn't just hit her over with a sledgehammer and said, you adulterous woman, that husband, the man you're with, you're right, is not your husband. And there's going to be fire and brimstone and how dare you get out of my presence. But he was truthful with her. Once upon a time, um, I was working somewhere, and um, I had a portfolio responsibility, and I was doing a good job. I was doing a good job, and um, I had taken over from another person, and there were some areas in which we were, we were redoing, we were renovating, if you will, and it was really starting to pick up some steam. But we, were, we reached an impasse because until the other person took their hand off the controls, if you will, we weren't gonna go to the next level. We weren't gonna level up like in a video game. We just we just can't get there until they give you the controller completely. You ever tried to play Nintendo or something and someone's trying to control the other end of the Joy-Con? It's crazy. And so one day, you know, I, you know, even though I was I was in the right, I'm being honest. I I I sent a text message, and I sent a message to my wife and just said, you know, um, you know. I don't understand what's going on. I wish they could just let things go. And I wrote this little comment. I'm okay to say this because it, it's, there's importance of being transparent and there's um, this regeneration happened in my life. But anyway, I just said, I wish they would just let it go. I said, let it go, sweetie. Just let it go. Well, this text message, if you can imagine, it didn't go to my wife. It went to the actual person. And I'm looking at my phone during, you know, and I'm I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, did I send, oh my gosh, (laughs) oh, there's going to be trouble, 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 trouble. And so I'm looking at this text message, and I call my wife, and I said, honey, um, you know, I I said some things, they're true, but um, I think they're going to bring some hurt. So I immediately, I learned this very importantly from reading scripture and also from my own father, and Jesus would even say that if you have a disagreement, there's an issue, you need to go to that person. So right away, I went to my, uh, my boss at the time and said, hey boss, um, I, I said something, you need to know. Um, it, it might come across as hurtful. Um, and I told him exactly what had happened. He actually chuckled about it and said, you know, don't worry about it. You came to me, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Um, but on the other end, it wasn't received too well. And sometimes when you're honest, it's not all going to go perfectly as planned. Even when you try to do the right to, right thing. And yet, in that moment, I experienced this peace because I got it off my chest. And, and I'm saying all that to say we're here in Scripture... It says that when a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And this is a verse I was thinking about. Well, in that circumstance, I didn't experience peace right away. In my heart, I did because I did the right thing. But eventually, we came full circle, and there was a that was made. There was peace. It's important to be honest. My encouragement for you this afternoon is, Believing a thing doesn't make it so. We need to believe and then commit. That when we depend on God for the right words, like it says right here in verse one, he will help with the timing of those words that will result in mutual blessing. Verse one says, the reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. If we lean on him and say, hey, you know what? I really got to talk to Isaiah. I'm just doing this because I don't have to ask your permission for this because it's just, I'm just... Speaking hypothetically, if I really had to say something to Isaiah, I could say, you know, Lord, there's something Isaiah and I got to talk about. Give me the words to talk to him. Would you help me in that? That I can check myself at the door before we meet? <laughs> it's important to do that, right? We all make those, we need to make those important decisions. Proverbs 16:24 says this, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweet to the taste and health to the body. How many like that breakfast food, Honeycomb? That's what it's called, right? Is there a Honeycomb breakfast cereal out there? Come on, we need some fact checkers. Get on Google, figure it out. Honeycomb, is that a cereal? I didn't have it in my notes. I I think it is. Um, But it's this pleasant taste. It's this pleasant taste. And so point number three, as we get ready to close, is that we assuredly need God's involvement We need to embrace his involvement to help us in the way of honesty is the best policy. We know full well our speech is powerful. It's powerful beyond measure. At times, we can't even witness the effect of our words. There's times where you can even give a compliment to someone, and you think it's received well, but maybe just the way your tone, it may not have actually been received the way you thought. We need God's help to help us with the the delivery system, the timing in which we share those honest thoughts. And yet Jesus says that the truth will set you free. Sometimes in this world, we prefer to be or to speak half-truths because it can feel like it can protect us in one way or another. I'm sure all of us can admit that when we've tried to take that path, it's led to more trouble than good. Some of those consequences is when you tell a lie, it piles on top of the other, like the video we saw before we got to the message time of uh, Jenga. And you see the blocks. You pulled all these different blocks, and eventually all you see is timber. One of the areas of this being honest and, and even being dishonest is you can lose friends. Maybe you're here today. Maybe that's happened to you. Look at verse 28 it says a contrary person spreads conflict and gossip separates close friends We really need God's help in this worthy pursuit of honesty is the best policy. I really believe if we can grab a hold of this, I've seen in my own life, I'm sure all of you had too. Just think about your workplace. Think about the person that you work for. If you were to adopt this policy as a living motto, honesty is the best policy. Based on the word, not by some, you know, Dr. Phil help book, but based on the very living word of God, of uh, being honest, he says that when we do what is pleasing to the Lord, that he will order our steps. That they will be um, established Imagine what can happen in the workplace. And I know many times the the gentleman I'm about to mention gets a bad rap and sometimes scripture is twisted. I'm not going on any of those things but to say, there's a gentleman, a pastor there by the name of Joel the One of the areas he's always um, stood by was telling people, if you want to find favor at work, you need to put your best foot forward and be honest. For goodness sakes, be honest in the workplace. Here, Proverbs 16 shows us honest practices will reap dividends. But we can see from this chapter, not just here in the now, but in the life to come. Because Jesus says he's watching. The word of God says that we will give account for every idle word that we speak. It doesn't say we're going to be judged for every word. It says we're going to have to give account for every word. And so as we go today and the worship team comes Point number four, don't just think upon it, do it. Verse three, commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. Whatever you're planning this afternoon, as I've invited you to consider those attributes, consider those, um, pondering those things that are upon your heart, the the ways in which you wish people would see you and the way which you wish and believe you truly would be, don't just think about those things, do it. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life to work his wonder-working power in your life. Because here's the promise. You ready for this? We saw this slide before we began this entire message. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this: For every one of God's precious promises is yes in him. Every one. Therefore through him we also say amen to the glory of God. One of those precious promises amongst them all is that we will be transformed into the image of Christ and in his likeness. So we can declare like our brothers and sisters of old, God, would you have your way in my life? Would you make me more like Christ? After all, he didn't have a deceptive spirit it says there was no malice on his tongue, There was no deceit or lies, yet he spoke the truth about the kingdom of God with absolute clarity and tact. See, for Jesus, his love was, was all about being true to what he was saying, but being mindful of the person he was speaking with. And even the things that Jesus says can be difficult at times because he says, do not understand me. In the word it says, do not think I came to bring peace, but a sword. Because the things that he calls us to, sometimes those who are not of the fold or the flock of God or part of the family of God, they may not understand. That's why he says that, by this, I have set mother against daughter Mother against son, brother against sister. But he says, I tell you, anyone who leaves their mother or father family for the work of God will have many fields and eternal life. The fields represents a harvest. You're going to see a harvest in your life. So just think back to this aspect of honesty is the best policy. We look at verse 15. When a king's face lights up, there is life His favor is like a cloud with spring rain. Your boss where you work is like a king in many respects. And when you're honest with him, then I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that they're going to exercise the responsibility in a right way. And in doing so, their face will light up as you're honest and you'll experience this spring rain like we saw today. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. And as the worship team begins to play, I encourage you to encounter that precious promise that everything in Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. Would you take that shot this afternoon? Would you invite the Holy Spirit to to reach in and continue to perform that work in your life? The great one, Wayne Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. This can be applied even in our spiritual life. If there's an area in which you, you desire breakthrough or even momentum, you gotta take the shot. You gotta call out to heaven, say, Lord, pour out your spirit upon me. Spirit of the living God, I know that you live and you dwell within me. Would you lead me the way that leads everlasting life? May I be able to encounter your presence and to speak as you spoke, to walk as you walked? And he will begin that faithful work in, his, in your life because he's already doing it. So as the worship team uh, plays and leads us in worship, would you, with me, along with, alongside me, would you commit... To that great pursuit, that worthy pursuit of honesty is the best policy. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your living word. It really does reach in to our soul and spirit. I thank you, Lord, that... It does a mighty work. It washes over us. It, it cleanses our thought life. It speaks to us and draws us and guides us and how to follow you to walk in this world as you walked. Lord, have your way in our life. Lead us and help us to commit our activities to you so they may be firmly established. That the highway that we run, that we, are, we drive upon in this life, May we avoid evil and live in the way that is upright of kingdom living, righteousness, peace and joy in your Holy Spirit. Have your way in our